Are you looking to pursue excellence and take your success to the next level? You're in the right place. Welcome to Excellence Mindset with your host, Ryan James Miller. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. I'm looking forward to a conversation today with uh, a, a professional coach and speaker that I met uh, through the Forbes Coaches Council, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about in just a little bit. And I'm looking forward to digging a little bit deeper into uh, who she is as a coach and some of the things that uh, she does to help uh, people uh, uh, achieve the goals that they have set for themselves and probably uh, like many coaches out there, uh, like uh, she's helping them to set for themselves. And so I'm just looking forward to digging into all that she has to offer. And I'm probably going to learn quite a bit today as a coach myself from her. So welcome Aaron Urban to the Excellence Mindset Podcast. Ryan, I'm so happy to be here. Awesome. So uh, I ask everybody to to shoot over a bio, and and it's pretty structured. Um, you shared with me that you're the founder and career strategist, powering up solutions. Uh, and then, as I alluded to, you're a member of the Forbes Coaches Council. And what I loved uh, the best, and so we're just going to have to dig into this because it just sounds so fun. Uh, you admitted to becoming a self proclaimed, or that you are a self proclaimed recovering perfectionist. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes, that is correct, and I will I'll tell you honestly it is an ongoing recovery process <laughs> <laughs> so so why uh, uh, what is it about that that uh, that you really feel necessary to share with people why why is that important for you to uh, to let people know well I'll tell you what Ryan it's really interesting because as a coach I find uh, that I do coach quite a few also people in the perfectionist strata so folks who are either overachievers or really want to get things 100% perfect and they're super hard on themselves because they set their expectations so high yet then because they are unrealistic right? They don't necessarily always achieve those expectations, which leads to disappointment, a feeling of failure. They also fear failure. So all these things create uh, an environment that sometimes can spin out of control. And I'd like to share with you that I had a wake-up call in my early 30s. I got a negative performance review. I know it doesn't Mm. sound like a big deal, but when you're a perfectionist, you can imagine. Yeah. It was a big deal. I was devastated. I was completely devastated. I had worked so hard and I tried to do everything right. But what I didn't realize was that because of my perfectionist tendencies, I was overlooking one of the most critical factors to success. And that is developing and nurturing relationships with other people. Hmm. Hmm. Which I'm sure then just just helps to fuel so much of what you do today, right? Because I mean that that's just a, a massive problem that many many people, probably the higher up the the food chain they get, uh, that's just something that just burdens so many of them, right? Yes, absolutely. You are one hundred percent correct. I mean, perfectionist perfectionism traits really exhibit themselves in, in different faucets. Take, for example, just the other day I got off the phone with a CEO and he's like, Aaron, I don't know what else I'd, I'd want to do in my life. I just love to work all the time. Well, <laughs> that that might be a perfectionist trait. And then you have some folks that are afraid to do anything or change anything in their lives because 
they are afraid of failure or they put things off. Procrastination is actually another outgrowth of perfectionism because you're not quite sure when's the right time to start. I want it to be perfect. So when it's not the perfect time, I put it off and therefore I don't ever even achieve my goals because I don't need to start. And I've done that too, Ryan. Um, some things you don't know about me is I'm actually a, a recovering professional uh, cyclist, haha, semi-professional cyclist, competitive really? cyclist. Yes, yes, I'm, um, I'm, I'm athletic. I used to say I was an athlete, but now I'm just athletic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, what, at what level? I mean, I, I know you say professional. So, like, at what level or discipline? So, I mean, I was a amateur cyclist. You know, put in a couple hundred miles a week. Um, was you know fairly serious about it here locally, uh, but what were uh, what were some of the things that you did? I mean, uh, like distance, were you doing like crit, so short distance right. races, long distance Absolutely. stuff? What were you doing? Absolutely, you're right. You hit the nail on the head. I'm a, was <laughs> a criterium specialist, so a okay. Cat Three, a retired Cat Three racer, which is not obviously professional. It is a semi semi pro or amateur racing, if you will, but in in that evolution, that journey, that path I went down, there was a big struggle for me as a perfectionist to sign up for races, even though I didn't feel like I might win them. I know that sounds terrible, but you know, it was this, this it was this evolution that I had to go through, this growth period to understand what is truly my priority and to accept myself. That was a big part of it, Ryan. I'll be honest with you. The number one step for anyone who is facing perfectionist traits, whatever that outgrowth is, is accepting yourself. Mm -hmm. And I've been actually talking about that a lot this year because I see it in almost all my clients, whether they are perfectionist or not. The number one root behind not being able to achieve goals or see fulfillment in life or just happiness in general is really the, the lack of appreciation for yourself. Mm -hmm. So in my journey as a, as a amateur cyclist, I really had to come to accept that it was okay to be me and not try to compare myself to others. Yeah. Now, once I yeah. did that, I was a lot more successful. Yeah, you know, that that's such a great thing that you bring up. And it's something that is so unfortunate, you know, whether uh, it is in the realm of perfectionism or just professionalism or even just in personal life. I mean, I think that, you know, in some sense, we probably all struggle with a little bit of self-doubt, right? And and there's different levels to that. But it's just it's 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 so sad for me to see the the negative ramifications of people that struggle with a self-doubt or, uh, you know, a poor or a negative self-belief and all the things that that holds them back from. And so they try to, they try to make up for it by adding more tools or, or by changing who they are or by trying to be like somebody else, or, you know, they just pile on all these things when in all reality, it, it, it's internal. And until the internal is corrected, um, or at least improved there, none of those external things are ever going to make any kind of difference. Right. It's absolutely, absolutely. I, I see it all the time in my coaching. You know, at some point in your career, particularly if you were following a dream that isn't yours, mm. <laughs> a lot of that, 
a lot of people following dreamless dreams that are not theirs to own and they'll wake up at some time during their life and go oh my gosh what am i doing and i need clarity and then when we really start digging down it's a lot of the self-awareness and then accepting who they are but for example we'll say the, the standard progression throughout the corporate ladder is to move up right become a manager become this this persona and the outgrowth of success would be the nice house the nice car the right you know clothes to wear the the membership in the right organization or golfing at the night you know nice club or whatever that looks like your kids are going to the right school all these things we think are success when in reality you define your success it's very difficult for us to get past that because from childhood we're conditioned to what the ideal you can see my quote fingers here the <laughs> ideal of success is and we we are given this conditioning through our well-meaning parents through mentors then what we see on tv then we start at a certain age we start to compare ourselves and then we start focusing on what we lack there's a lot of what i call lack mindedness hmm this focus on the gaps mm -hmm. not focusing on what you have and what you're grateful for but focusing on the gaps and then marketing likes to step in and tell you that your life would be so much better if you only had this fancy tv or if you only drove this certain type of car mm -hmm. right and, and then it compounds yeah, well, I mean, in an age of, you know, social media, um, which I don't always like to berate it because I think there is good to it. But, you know, in an age of social media, that just, you know, that's that problem on steroids, right? Because, you know, I'm I'm scrolling through, I'm seeing what everybody else is doing. Typically, right, on uh, online, you put your best foot forward. And so there's none of anybody's failures. There's, there's only everybody's successes. And so then you just start trying to to chase after all that they are and all that they're achieving not understanding that there was, you know, nine million scars that they wear underneath all those beautiful clothes that they show everybody online. Exactly. And the pain that they're actually feeling because success, again, quote fingers, success is not defined by someone else. You define success. It's your decision to make, but we're chasing dreams that are not ours. Mm -hmm. They're not our own. And I had that realization as well at, at about my mid-30s after the bad performance review. I was still chasing a dream that wasn't mine. I was moving up the corporate ladder, and I realized I was headed right towards abject misery. I was miserable. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't doing what gave me fulfillment. And there are so many people that come to me as clients that are in that similar circumstance. They're not doing something that gives them fulfillment. So we start peeling back the layers of the onion to understand the why, because we need to know the why. Now, as a coach, I'm not a therapist. I don't dig into the why, and then let's unpack that a lot. Okay, we dig into the why to understand and then create a path forward. Mm -hmm. When we find that why, it's usually in buried in foundations of assumed ideas of success, assumed expectations of of behavior that are placed on us, but not decided by us. 
and a lack of self-esteem, self-confidence, self-acceptance, mm-hmm. and self-awareness, too, a lack of self-awareness, really knowing or accepting who you are. And it's tough. It's very hard. It's, it's very challenging to accept who you are because we're constantly being bombarded by images and information that you should be a certain way. So yeah. how, do you, how, do you, how do you push back? Yeah. And I mean, uh, there were so many great things that you just shared right there. But, you know, one thing that sticks out to me is this idea of good enough. And I try to preach to people all the time, like, you know, no matter who you are and where you're at, um, you know, you you are enough. That doesn't mean that that you're done, that you've accomplished everything, that you're standing at the finish line, right? There's there could be tons of improvement to be made, and there there are dark spots on you, and 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 there's a lot there's a lot of room to grow, but but sometimes just getting people to believe that they're good enough seems to be like the biggest hurdle to overcome, right? Like I'm again, I'm sure you experience the same thing. You know, someone hires you, and it's like, I want to achieve this, or I want to achieve that, even when we deem success to be different things. Like there's this goal that they want and you look at them and you're like, okay, but, but first I need, I need to let you know that, that you're, you're good as you are. And, and they don't want to believe it or they don't want to accept it. They just want to move on. And it's like, well, no, you'll never, you'll never be satisfied with what you're pursuing if you're not happy with the person pursuing it. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's like handing the keys of your precious car over to somebody who, you know, can't drive. You're not going to do that. So if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't have that self-confidence, if you don't have some degree of self-acceptance, whether that's good, bad, or indifferent, there's lots of pieces of me that I'm not happy about. But do I moan about them? Do I focus on them? Do I complain about it? Does that drag me down? No. I just focus on mitigating that. And then how can I close the gap? Hmm. Right? And accepting that I can't be great at everything. That's another thing. Going back to the perfectionism part, you want to be great at everything, and you and you can't. You can't do everything. You can't be great at everything. Nor should that be a problem. But people acknowledging that and accepting that is very difficult. And then stepping past the barriers they set up to themselves, because we sell, we tell ourselves tons of lies all the time, right? Like I'll be happy when I lose ten pounds, or I'll be happy when I get a new car, or I'll be happy when I make this much money. And we put limitations and conditions on our happiness and our self-acceptance all the time. And we don't even realize it. Yeah, I tell people all the time that uh, that we lie to ourselves more than anybody else. <laughs> you know? exactly. It's like, it's just, it's terrible the ways that we do that. Um, so... Uh, we, we haven't even left the first line of your bio yet, which is just so great to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we still on that? <laughs> it, it's so great, right? Because I, I mean, I think that that it, it, it just it's so telling of of how passionate uh, it, you are, even just in this area. Uh, but so, as I'm listening to you talk, and obviously, there's just so much wisdom that comes out of you as you, as you're sharing all this stuff. But what was um, what was it that that helped you? I know that there's this event, right? So you get this bad performance review, which at some point we've all had some sort of negative feedback, right? Either like our spouse told us like we were just bad at something or the boss or a friend or your child, which always feels really good. Um, mm, so somebody, yeah. te- you know, somebody gives you some negative feedback. So we've all had that. But so you have this, this moment, this really big impactful moment of a negative review. And so 
you you need to do something with that. And so what what helps you then to start turning the corner to where you can be satisfied with who you are and become the person you are today? Like what is what 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 ignites that? What what helps you to continue to grow in that? What does that look like? That's a very good question. It is evolutionary and it is a journey. Um, unfortunately, there's no shot in the arm you can take. You can't go down to, you know, your doctor or order it on Amazon and say, oh, yes, give me a package of, you know, self-confidence tomorrow. Thanks. Can I have that today? Somebody uh, sells that. I'm sure they do. I know. <laughs> Amazon, or if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't overnight. I mean, uh, the immediate reaction, of course, is just like I was devastated because I'd worked so hard. How can I have a bad performance review? I'd done everything right. Mm-hmm. right? I worked hard. It stayed late. I'd come in weekends. I was excellent for the client, blah, blah, blah. But I hadn't developed work relationships. So that was my first eye opener into the power of developing relationships. And understanding that it's not about you, it's about other people. And particularly if you're in a leadership position, it's certainly not about you. It's all about supporting other people, which is converse to a lot of traditional thought patterns around leadership and people who are in management positions. You know, it's all about me, 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 lift me up. No, you're there to lift them up. So through that process... I actually was very fortunate to have a mentor in my life at the time who guided me through a personal and professional evolution. And within the space of, I would say, less than a year, it was around about nine months, it was like pregnancy, I, <laughs> I gave birth to the new me and literally changed who I was within the same organization. Mm. Now, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, because I was known, and I'm not proud to say, I was known as the steamroller hmm. because I got things done. Which is a great trait. But if, yeah, but <laughs> I, I would mow you down if you got in front of me. And it wasn't, it wasn't a trait that got you promoted, for one. Mm-hmm. And one of the recent articles I wrote, Perfectionists Don't Get Promoted, I talk a little bit about that, you know, uh, I wasn't on the track up the ladder because I didn't have the, the soft skills. So that was the first step for me was developing the soft skills, understanding how to communicate and appreciate other people. Then through that was became self-awareness because whenever you start opening the doors and peeling back the layers of the onions, you start seeing more about yourself and start to learn more about you. So over the years, I've learned so much about me and through that process also had to understand okay whoa this could be a point of self-criticism or self-acceptance because oftentimes when we start looking into self-awareness we use it as a a, a, this hammer to beat ourselves with and that's not the point the point is to accept who we are so I learned a lot. I learned that I had daddyless daughter syndrome. Who knew? Um, I had a great childhood. I didn't realize that was a thing. <laughs> um, so I, that happened. I, I worked through that. I worked through. I started working through my perfectionist tendencies. I'm still working on perfectionism. That's an ongoing process. Sure. I learned so much, but it really started from that, and it's it, it started from the need to be self-aware. 
So along that process that you're going through and you are be- you're seeing that you need to become more self-aware, like are are you doing that independently or are there other people within the organization that are for you? I mean, have you it would be great to say oh, I hired a coach. <laughs> My coach out me or like like how who who was there with you? That's a very good question as well. So, yeah, it would be great for me to say, "Oh, I went out and hired a coach." And that would be a little self-serving, wouldn't it? <laughs> Actually, what I recommend everyone do, you know, whether you have a coach or not, is seek out mentors in your life. I was extremely fortunate, very, very fortunate, I, I can't thank this person enough, that I had a mentor there. And that person helped walk me through the journey, the first steps of the path. And he helped be that lens, because you can't necessarily see how other people see you, but he could be that lens for me. And that was extremely valuable to help work through a lot of the soft skills that I really at first needed to work on. And I tell my clients this, everybody's journey is is unique. There isn't one single path to self-acceptance and self-awareness and success. Everybody's journey is unique to them. So I don't like to prescribe Ooh, hey, you need to do this, this, and this, and this. There's tons of different tools you can use, whether it's a mentor, whether that's a coach, whether you want to read great books that help you kind of unravel it yourself, whether you want to be a member of a group that does that, whether you do it through your church, whether you do it through yoga, mindfulness, there's tons of different tools you can use to develop your self-awareness. I'll be honest with you that I used all of those, almost. <laughs> you know, use as many as you can because it's very important through this evolutionary process. You understand who your support group is. Yes. Because if you're not in an environment that's conducive to growth, it's very hard to grow. Mm-hmm. But then you also have to, you have to be willing that whole time, right? So again, oh, yes. like um, uh, this is to to highlight how, and I'm sure it wasn't just super straightforward and easy, but how great your journey or how t- how wonderfully telling your journey is. But but for so many people, like this is such a benefit too. So you notice this big challenge that you, you have um, uh, in life, right? Through this bad review and you're like, oh my gosh. I need to make some changes. So then you have this mentor, which is phenomenal that you have somebody that's willing to be honest with you, right? Which means like telling you uh, where you're good and where you're not. So that's great to have that. But then it, this goes back to you again, like then you still have to be humble enough to listen. Like forget about even the making changes part. Like that that's a whole nother level. Like you you were humble enough to listen to somebody giving giving you negative feedback. Like we like to call that constructive feedback and we can to make it sound better. But in the reality, like you were hearing negative things about yourself or about the way you did things and you were able to stomach that and learn and grow from it. I mean, that that that's key and not enough people are good there. That's an interesting point because one of the key factors of being able to grow and be self-aware is being able to take what we could call negative criticism or not not positive feedback. It's something that's quote-unquote constructive. And being able to transform that into something useful. 
Now I'll share with you that not all negative feedback is useful. <laughs> right. Okay. And some you have to understand, okay, where is this coming from? Is it a viable resource and, and, and can it is it actually something you know, you can do a little investigation, right? A little due diligence to understand is this really something here that that has some meat to it that I need to I need to pay attention to. Because most people what they do is one of several things, either brush it off because they can't handle it, or they like to beat themselves with it forever and brand and like take a brand and brand it on their forehead for the rest of their life or they they pay attention to it and they do something with it so how often do you um do you get an inquiry uh, somebody says hey uh i would love to learn more about you uh, and how you could potentially help me, and then you run into that issue that they're not open to that they're not open to to hearing. Like, do you get that often? You know what's interesting about coaching is when people come to you, they have already taken the first step, so it's not often, not often, because when you come to a coach for career growth, and then you say, "Oh, but I really don't want to grow," that's counterintuitive so it's not often but occasionally the rare occasion i will run across someone who is not ready to hear what needs to be said Hmm. so as a coach it's very important that i be perceptive enough to understand first of all where is that person right now what what do we need to focus on first because it is a process if you had told me things that i needed i worked on a little bit later in my growth up front, I wouldn't have been ready for it. Does that make sense? Yep. No, absolutely. Yeah. Because everybody, like I mentioned before, everybody's journey is just a little different. And we're ready and receptive for some things, but maybe not others. Sure. Sure. No, that's fair. Yeah. <clears throat> So as, as, as you've continued along the way, like, do you feel that you are still like, you're obviously self-aware and which is, I know you said very early on, like that, that's a, that's a a key characteristic, particularly of leaders. And I have both worked for and consult way too many leaders that are not self-aware, but so you, you're clearly self-aware. And so you have been on this journey now, like how long ago was that, uh, that negative performance review. Oh gosh. Um, 10 years ago. Wow. Okay. So 10 years ago, you, um, you, you hear this feedback. So today, 10 years later, do you feel that you are still, um, working through some of those same things or do you feel like you have, um, uh, moved past that and now it's just something else? Not all the same things. Uh, for the most part, I'm glad to say I've moved, moved past most of it. Now, I'll be honest with you that I do tend to be a little bit more direct and blunt than some people. So I have to be very aware. Here's here's something I always want people to remember. Whenever you're seeking growth, some of it is being aware and being mindful of who you are in order to control oneself. Because that's the only person we can control is ourselves. So it's not like I'm going to tomorrow suddenly be an, a, a not a uh, forthright individual. 
and nor should I try to change that because I don't feel like anyone should try to revolutionize themselves or be someone that they aren't because mm-hmm. that's not authentic and that's not helpful either. But a lot of it's understanding, okay, who am I? Accepting the good, bad, and the different. What opportunities do I have? Which ones in negatively impact my life? That's very important because if you have some opportunities and well, it doesn't really matter for your life. I mean, say you're addicted to chocolate. Okay, unless you're allergic to it, it's not a big deal. You know? <laughs> Until so, you like get diabetes which, and then you... <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's different. Uh, but as long as it's not negatively impacting your life and your health, okay, maybe not so much of a big deal. So which ones do I need to work on Do I feel? Not what someone else, again, what someone else tells me because you mentioned earlier you know what if you get negative feedback from your spouse well I, i'm married i can tell you that that you know good luck because <laughs> we don't pay attention to our spouses 90 percent of the time um so it's a little funny but you know when you get that negative feedback okay what is it that i truly need to work on you know what you have the awareness, you have the acceptance, then understanding my opportunities, what actually negatively impacts my life and what do I need to work on first. But you don't need to change who you are to close the gap. Hmm. And then part of the success, taking the next step is, what are my priorities? Because that was the next thing, Ryan, that really hit me. That was the next big pivot point for me. In my in my growth in my success journey was okay yeah I'm self aware now but I'm still living for a dream that isn't mine mm-hmm. the next pivot point was the wake up call okay and it was very subtle it wasn't like one day you know this big thing happened it was very subtle and unfortunately at that point I was self aware enough to where I could see could I could see what was going on. The doors were opening. If I kept going down this path, I was going to give up all my personal happiness, my work-life balance, my personal health. I said, okay, yeah, I'm going to make lots of money, but <laughs> I'm going to be miserable mm-hmm. because I'm following the corporate dream the american dream or stepping up the ladder yay no it wasn't for me so i had to make a decision i also had to really understand what are my priorities what what are my strengths what are my opportunities what am i great at what gives me passion what drives me and that's what made that next pivot multi-dimensional because i'd already laid a great foundation understanding who i was accepting who I was, right? Understanding the opportunities and the gaps, understanding what I needed to work on. So when I got to that next level, I was ready to make the right decision for me. Hmm. So, uh, so as a coach, I have a hard time um, wanting or being passionate about working with people that don't want to I- improve themselves. Um, in that sense, in that internal area. Uh, so <clears throat> while they're 
maybe opportunities to help them uh, get better at uh, skills of communication or I, I, I do a lot of work in like the sales and business development and marketing space. And so helping there, like I can, I can, I can help a lot there, but whether I know it right from the beginning or as soon as I start to realize that there's some brokenness inside of them, that's, that's really holding them back. Um, I, I find it really hard to move on uh, until we address that. So do you, do you, and you can totally disagree with me and I'm I, I maybe would be better for conversation or something, but like, do you feel that same way? Like, are you able to help people when you detect things like that? Or do you feel like, no, like this, this is an important foundation and we have to start here. Hmm. Everybody's onions different. Um, so yes and no. I, I'll give you the typical consultant response. It depends. <laughs> I agree with you and and don't. There's still a lot as a coach you can do because one of the, the differentiators between coaching and therapy is with therapy, you're, you're really drilling down, you're getting that root cause, and then you're unpacking that root cause and spending a lot of time working through it and dealing there in the past Mm -hmm. while understanding root cause and accepting it and acknowledging it is important as a coach. I'm more action oriented, so we don't spend a lot of time there, but it is important for the client to acknowledge. However, as a coach, I also need to be very aware about my client's needs and where they are mentally and whether they're ready to accept that information yet Mm -hmm. because there's a time and a place to where at some point during their growth journey with me that might be a better time to approach that subject because if i sling it at them too soon it's going to throw them completely out of balance and they will really struggle to stay with me down the journey so it's it's understanding okay where are they I can kind of see it because sometimes you meet people, right? You you meet them and you're in your kind of walking through what they're wanting to work on. And maybe you've done a personality assessment with them or whatever. And you realize, oh gosh, they really have this challenge and they need to overcome and they're not ready for it yet. Mm-hmm. And I know we can't get beyond a certain point until they work on that. So, at some point during the journey, we start going, hey, have you considered this? What are your thoughts about this? Or tell me about why you feel that way. That's a great one. That's a great one is to, okay, why do you feel that way? You know, why do you feel like you have to be going down this, this career path? Why do you feel like you have to lead that way? Why do you feel like you need to direct people instead of getting their engagement you know why do you feel like that and and then okay what was what were your mentors growing up like who shaped your idea of leadership who shaped your idea of proper communication who shaped your idea of success Mm -hmm. and that's getting them to think because yeah i can tell you all day long oh yeah you're this this and this it's not gonna do any good if you don't also work that out yeah yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so at this point in your career, I mean, you're you're ten years into this side of your business, um, uh, you know, m- m- more years into you know professional career in general. But do you feel like you like would you deem yourself successful at this point? 
Like, do, do you feel that about yourself? I do. If you are fulfilled in what you do, you are successful. Again, we identify with our own idea of success. So, yes, I do feel that I'm successful. Ha, do I think I'm finished? No. <laughs> do I think I'm done growing and evolving? Absolutely not. And But that's great, though. You know, for some people, growing and evolving is such a foreign concept. Mm-hmm. I was talking to somebody just the other day, and she's also on her career path, growing journey. And she said, you know, I'm working through so much, but it's just revolutionary to understand that I can decide who I want to be. Mm. There are so many people out there that don't know that they can decide who they will become. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's a, you know, a challenging, you know, path to walk down with people. Right. I mean, you know, Obviously, there there needs to be a a deep sense of uh you know an understanding of who they are, an awareness of who they are, you know what they've been equipped with to kind of help them shape who they think they would want to become one day, and um you know get all the trash out of their head, you know get 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 them really clear, and then actually get them to to uh, articulate something. I think sometimes people feel like if they if they define who they want to become, they feel like they're pigeonholed themselves into only that path in life or something. I think it's a it's a, a more of a global concept rather than I want to be a dog walker, right? I mean, or I want to be an accountant, or I want to be the CEO of a recycling company. You know, very specific things. Hmm. I tell people to look at it like this: If you are seventy years old and looking back over your life, what do you want to say you've accomplished? And that may have absolutely nothing to do with your career, but it sets your priorities in life because most of us think three, five years ahead. We're not thinking about the end game and then how can I get there and what supports that? Because let's say, for example, you want to, your ultimate priority in life is to give back to other people and travel the world or something like that then you're probably not going to want to be a rank-and-file accountant. Mm -hmm. Fair? Yep. Or maybe you take a position in your career to then fuel what you love to do. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, that because, you know, when when we're trying to look forward, we're, we're thinking about um, experiences that, that will have some sort of, you know, physical or emotional impact on us, right? It's like we think about the things that we want to do or we want to accomplish. Whereas when we look back, um, that's more, you know, obviously that's, that's more of a legacy. And so it's not as much about how it made us feel to get there, but, but, you know, the perception of, of who we are at that point. So I think that just that, um, uh, takes on such a different feeling for people. And I'm not sure they understand how different that is until you get them to like, look back maybe on something they've already accomplished in life and how that makes them feel based upon where they are at the moment. Right. Right. You're absolutely right. And, and that's a good point. You know, okay, where you are right now in your career looking over, let's say tomorrow was your last day. That's a bit morbid, but it gives you an idea. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I haven't, 
I didn't take all those vacations I wanted to take. I didn't take the kids to Cozumel or whatever, right? I didn't spend the time with my family that I wanted to do. I, you know, I wasn't there for my spouse. I didn't spend enough time. And, and that's the most interestingly, the research has shown that that's the most common um, regrets of folks looking back over their lives as they wish they had spent more time with family, going places that they wanted to go, uh, giving back. No one has ever said, I wish I'd spent more time working. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Gosh, I wish I spent more time in traffic because that was so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, <clears throat> uh, I, I don't want to make too much of this about me, but I mean, I had that own person, that experience personally. I mean, I was uh, in Vegas with my wife and friends uh, when the mass shooting took place. Uh, and uh, one of the uh, one of our best friends that was with us, she was one of the 58 that was killed. And uh, and on top of that, uh, we didn't know till hours later, but my wife uh, had a trucker cap on backwards and she took a round of ammunition through and through her hat, meaning that it passed through both sides. It missed the, it missed the back of her head by, I mean, if an eighth of an inch uh, was there, I would have been surprised. And so the fact that like there was no, no marking, no nothing was phenomenal in and of itself. But once you get through, uh, which uh, still to this day, there's, there, there's still some things we're not quite through, but once you get through the initial emotional impact and I began weighing what my life looked like up to that point, and this was somebody that I, I am disciplined, habitual, purpose-driven. Like, I, I mean, I, I would have said like, I've got it you know, pretty, pretty well down. And yet I looked back and I was like, what the hell have I done? Like, I, I, yes, I've accomplished things, but but I don't feel like I, I've experienced my life in the ways that I have. And not that all of a sudden I want to check all these bucket list things off, but that event caused my wife and I to then say, okay, this next year, which was this last year, 2018, was going to be this year of experience for us. And we were going to go experience life as a family, as individuals in ways that we never had. I resigned a great paying job and went back into business for myself, um, uh, probably three years premature to where I thought I was going to do that. Like we went on vacations, uh, little stupid ones, just overnight, you know, big, long, week long things that we would have never spent the money on doing before because we were always saving it for later or something. And so, yeah, I mean, like right. we just don't understand how valuable the, the life that we have is, in, in that the time that we have is, until we recognize how fragile or how limited it really is. And then that, that, that's what can then drive us to want to do something so much greater than we ever thought possible, right? Absolutely. All you have is right now. You don't have tomorrow. It's not here yet. And you don't have today, yesterday, because that, that's gone. Mm. But all you have is now, but rarely are we present because we're so busy dragging baggage from the past and looking towards this future. We're, we're never here. We're never present yeah. and appreciating the now. And I'm, I'm with you about, you know, do the things you want to do and love to do now. You're waiting for a future that you can't control. We have very little control. So, so little. We, but we think we have tons of control, right? We, we think we have all this control, and you have very little. You have control over your responses and your actions, and that's it. Yeah. 
It's that is it. so true. Okay, so uh, a couple of practical things as we're beginning to wind down that um, are always interesting to me to, to kind of hear uh, from business owners, entrepreneurs, so you fall into those categories. Uh, so as, as you think ahead, you actually alluded to some of this earlier, but like as you think ahead, like um, you said that you're still growing, you know, you, you feel successful, but you, you know, there's more, more to achieve, whatever that looks like. So if you could add one more thing to your business today, uh, in order to make it more successful, like, have you thought through, like, what would that be? Like, what, what would that next thing be for you? Another me. (laughs) (laughs) If I could just clone myself, that would be fantastic. You know, Ryan, I tell you what, honestly, people like to say, okay, in 2019, I want to make more of this, or I want to do more of that, or I want to have this thing. And I'm a perfectionist. So last year, I set out my 2019 business plan. And I'm proud to say that I'm on track. Awesome. I, I don't want for anything. I really don't. That's fantastic. I, I know that sounds strange. Nope. But I don't want for anything. I have everything I need. I'm on track and I know that I probably won't accomplish something. Like last year I was going to start writing my book. Well, that didn't happen. I got too busy, but that's okay. It's okay. Maybe this year I'll start. I'm not I'm not really that concerned about it because I'm I'm still growing. I'm still on track. I'm still meeting my goals. I don't want for anything. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, I know for me, it uh, in somewhat of that same vein. So I actually uh, abandoned goals this year. Um, I just, I got tired of, and, and I was setting them and achieving them. And I love the process of goal setting and reflecting and, you know, measuring along the way. But I thought, you know what, this year, I don't want to think about what I'm going to produce. I want to think about how I'm going to behave. And so I went after habits this year, which was just a, you know, I, again, I, I've been habitual, but I just, I focused everything on habits based upon the identity that I believed I, I possess. And it's been fun because it, it's been freeing and I don't recommend it for everybody. I have some clients that if they told me they wanted to do that, I would absolutely refuse, <laughs> refuse that because <laughs> um, they need something to be chasing. But for me, like, I don't, I don't, I don't need a reason to get out of bed every single day. Like I, I, I know what I want and I know what I want to achieve. Um, but I really just felt like, okay, like I can do this. I, I can create the life that I want if I, if I accomplish uh, or create and then ac- execute on these habits every single day. So it's, it's been a pretty fun process to be able to do. Yeah, I, I've, I saw that you posted something about that. And I was like, oh, that's such a great idea because I was writing something similar. You know, instead of setting goals and milestones being goal focused and short term think life like think your life priorities and make habits because goals and milestones are fine but they're just stepping stones on the way to a bigger a bigger you know just i don't even priority it's like a a bigger life event Mm -hmm. like you're you're shaping your future and also being okay with one day waking up and going, Hmm, maybe I want to go this direction. Yep. Right. And, and being okay with changing because some people aren't, they're not okay. But I think in order to, to go the path and the route that you're doing this year, you need to firmly understand your priorities. Mm-hmm. 
You need to know those priorities. And that's a big challenge for people to overcome as well. I mean, as I know as an entrepreneur or even as a professional, regardless of where you're, whether you're W-2 or not, you're, you're self-employed, it doesn't matter. If you will struggle to see any sort of traction in your life if you don't firmly understand your priorities and then live your life by them. Yeah. And for me, I mean, it, you know, I just, uh, I went right after like, okay, like who, who do I say that I am? And that really helped me because again, I had done that so many times in the past, but by, um, by being very clear about my identity, then when I, when I started thinking through, okay, so then what habits do I want to create and what kind of words do I want to be known for? Then it, they just all came back to, okay, do these complement or compete with these seven areas of identity and, and, and for me, it just happened to be seven. And so, um, that was really helpful because there was a couple of other things. I'm like, Oh, I would really like to do this, or I, I think this would be great. And then I looked at them like, yeah, but that doesn't either won't allow me to be one of these other things or, or it helps to support something that's not even on that list, which means I can't do that. And I think I, I heard a story recently about, uh, I think it was Warren Buffett, but I'm not sure, like uh, put 25 things down on a piece of paper that you want to accomplish. And then on a second piece of paper, put down five things from those 25 that you really, really want to accomplish. And then look at the other 20 and crumple it up. And you're not allowed to do any of those 20 things because they are taking away from doing the five things that are most important to you. And so it was along that same line as like, I just need to focus on, on who I am, because if I try and add anything else in that that's counterproductive to that or counterintuitive to that, then it's going to end up ruining me at some point. Right. I just, I I can't do that. Oh yeah. You cannot be good at everything. You can't do everything. And that's a big struggle too. Particularly for for entrepreneurs, when you're first starting out, finding your your message, your your focus, your prioritization, being able to let go of these things. Of, but yes, I can do that too. But being able to let go and truly focus on your priority is both scary and re- extremely rewarding because you can't get the traction you want whether even if you're not an entrepreneur say you're you know a professional or at any any stage in your in any stage in your career you have to know what your priorities are because everything else is subject to that everything yeah 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 and 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 that's really hard to do as a coach right i mean you know it's you can easily expose yourself to a lot and be and be pulled into a lot and it can be intriguing because um you know it's 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 a revenue opportunity it's an opportunity to help somebody you know you can help them in that area and so sometimes you get sucked into things i know at least i'll just say i've been sucked into things at times and afterwards i'm like why did i let myself get into this like either i'm not as passionate about this or as i should be or i'm not as good at this as i should be and so i've actually like self-selected out after being involved with certain things or recommended like, okay, for this one thing, like, I know you want me to do it, but you're either gonna have to hire somebody else to do that one part, or hire somebody else altogether, because I just can't do all of that at the same time. There's just no way. Right, right. And I've spent some energy broadening my resources, my network, so I can refer people. Oh, do you want this type of coaching? Great. I have this person. They're wonderful. Let me give you their contact. And, you know, that way I can focus in 
my strength zone because it's really being in that zone where I can deliver the most value to those that I work with and also reap the most reward. Because if I'm anywhere else, I'm either doing them a disservice or my, myself a disservice. Mm. Yeah, that's great. That is so good. Uh, okay, so uh, one more uh, just kind of practical question, and then uh, we'll, we'll shut ourselves down. So if, um, if your business went away today, what would you do tomorrow? Like, yeah, what would you do? What, what do you think you would do if you could no longer coach? If I could no longer coach, I'd just ride my bike every day. <laughs> Was that serious? Or <laughs> No, I, yeah, I'm totally serious. I would just ride my bike every day. You know what? No, honestly, I think I would um, focus on my painting. Oh, interesting. I'm not fantastic. I'm, you know, there's so many talented people out there. And you see some of the work and you're just like, oh, man, that's so wonderful. Comparison. I'm comparing. So I have to be okay with what I do and knowing that that's acceptable too. And at one point, and at some point in my evolution, I will start doing that more again. But if you ever see one of my videos, a little painting in the background that's super distracting. Uh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to find one of those and link it in the show notes. I think that'd be pretty cool for people to check out. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the ones I released at the beginning of the year uh, had that, and I got some well-meaning feedback again. Oh, it was really super distracting. I have ADD. I couldn't take my eyes off the painting. I was like, okay, obviously I'm not scintillating enough. Thanks. <laughs> That's good. Well, I mean. I I appreciate a conversation like this for a lot of reasons. Um, I, I think that um, definitely the wisdom that you shared all along your journey is something that I wish I had millions of followers at this point because I ju it's just so applicable uh, to to probably everybody's life in some degree. But there's definitely uh, a large majority of people out there in some leadership and executive roles that that could really hear what you have to say. Um, and it definitely makes, it, it makes me want to find opportunities to, to work with you, um, you know, whenever I can, because while again, that's an area that I can definitely help, um, uh, leaders in, I think that, you know, you could do just such a better job. So I appreciate hearing that all the other tidbits of wisdom along the way. And, um, and then I think above all else, uh, what I heard you say that I appreciate so much is, um, uh, that you really talked about like being satisfied and being content and, and, and that doesn't mean settling. And I think that, um, you know, we need to hear that, right. Um, you know, it, it means like we accept or we take pleasure in, in what, in who we are or in what we're doing right now, whether or not it's finished or perfect. And I know we started that way and talking about that, that was such, such a struggle of yours. And, and again, like for any of us, I'll just say, and I just put my own air quotes, if, for any of us entrepreneurs um, or business owners, that that's whether we want to admit it or not, we're, we're chasing some level of perfection or expectation in that, in that regard. And 
we we just we need to abandon that and we need to find this this like life of satisfaction and contentment and pleasure in who we have been created to be and then what we're doing and so i just i i'm so appreciative of you just sharing all that you did today because it's just very telling of who you are as a person but then too who you are as a coach and i'm sure there's just you know many people out there that would be uh, greatly rewarded uh, by engaging with you so thank you aaron so much well, thank you, Ryan. It's been a true pleasure. Really has. Great. So, I mean, I'll, I'll make sure to uh, to link uh, your contact information, <coughs> excuse me, into the show notes. Uh, so uh, I'll make sure to do that. And uh, I'm sure you're open to connecting with anybody that may want to reach out to you via LinkedIn or uh, email, uh, whether they're uh, down in uh, the great state of Texas as you are or, or anywhere around the country. And uh, so, yeah, again, just thank you. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to more conversations with you. I think there's just a lot of fruit that can be uh, birthed uh, out, of, uh, out, of, out of conversations like this. So thank you. Thank you, Ryan. It's been, it's been a real pleasure and a lot of fun, too, just really talk about my evolution and how you know, people can grow and just learning to appreciate every day. And part of that growth journey, and I didn't really talk about it much, but I want to wrap up with you here, is being grateful. Hmm. Being grateful for what you do have, even the simplistic things we take for granted. And being able to say, even the days that aren't going well, I've been given this day. I've been given this day. And it is up to me to decide to make the most of it. Thank you. That 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 is that's a fantastic way to end. So with that, as always, thank you, Aaron. Again, thank you to everybody for listening to this episode of the Excellence Mindset Podcast. There was so much fruitful information that was shared uh, by Aaron on the podcast today, and so I hope that uh, you will take that in. And if you have any further questions, feel free to reach out to her directly. You can reach out to me, and I'll be happy to connect you as well. And until next time, do the best that you can to pursue a life of excellence for yourself. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Excellence Mindset with Ryan James Miller. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And for more great content and to stay up to date, visit ryanjamesmiller.com. We'll catch you next time.